Now, live from the Blind Ninja Studios in Western Wisconsin, a show with no purpose. Hosted by experts at drinking, and they're almost definitely wearing pants. It's time for the Department of Offense. Welcome to episode 421 of the Department of Defense. I'm your host, Casey. Joins always is Carlos. Yeah, I'm here. And Jacqueline's here. Hello. And, oh, holy shit, it's Matt! What? Hello. Hi. 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 <laughs> He's switching headphones real quick because we gave him some bad ones. Uh, that was weird. Hopefully that's better. Hey, I can hear. All right. Uh, before we get too deep here, I want to give a big shout out to our patrons, specifically our Black Belt patrons, Andy Thompson, Bjorn Bjornsson, Hoppenrail Brewing, Brian Jones, Devin Stinson, and Phil Feldman. If you'd like to become a patron, head over to patreon.com slash studios and become a patron today. Carlos, you said that Matt said something about our patrons just the other day. Do you remember what that was? Oh, yeah. No, Matt was talking about how they're doing. Uh, so you're familiar with coordinated diving, right? And like coordinated like, swimming. Like, like synchro- synchronized. synchronized swimming. Yeah. All coordinated. And of course, Matt would know what yeah. it is. It was, he <laughs> yeah, was going talking he, about he it. He told me about it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so like they're planning on doing uh, synchronized wakeboarding. Okay. Yeah, it's just a thing. They're so they all. The problem is they all have to be on the same board. Oh. Yeah. So it's they're synchronized and they're all on the one board. How? Well, you know they just kinda, like three th- guy, three kids in a trench coat, just on top it's of It's very shoulders. similar to that. Oh, okay. So they're just stacked. So like, so, so they stack. Like some people are like they're doing like little like statue moments, like holding some people up, up, and then like there's like one person that's holding on to the. To the uh, rope, and like that's how they, uh, and then they move uh, at the same time. They move positions. Then, oh, so, uh, so as they're being pulled, they switch positions. Interesting. Huh? That sounds terrible. <laughs> I don't. It sounds very difficult. It's what they told me they were gonna do. I, don't know. I mean, I mean, it's fascinating. I like. I want to see it, but it sounds like it's gonna be a mess. So if be they at the Wisconsin Dells, you know. Oh, they're, okay. They're training under what's his face there. The, I can't remember his name right now. But billboards as you drive well, through. <laughs> they already do that with water skiing, right? So it's just yeah, it's, a new uh, like you know the the like skiers versus snowboarders. Is yeah. it the water skiers versus wakeboarders? There's gonna be like a thing where they're like fight for the river. Yeah, exactly. Or the lake. Yeah, it'll be another of the stoner movies from the 70s where, about the... Uh, <laughs> uh, skiers versus the snowboarders? Yeah. Well, I don't, I don't know about the snowboarders. It's about, the, it's about this, the local skiers versus the snobby skier, stuff like that. Well, either way. Oh, you know, okay. Wakeboarders and the, the, the water skiers. Yep. Except ours are unprofessional. They're training right now as we speak. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They're, 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 they're working up into the big leagues. Yeah. Or creating the leagues. It's like well, Rick, who knows? Like Bronson or something. Maybe, maybe 10 years from now it will be Olympic sport. Matt's going to remember about halfway through the episode. I'm like. pretty sure it's like Rick something. Rick <laughs> something. Well, if you'd like to get on the bottom floor or even be the bottom <laughs> wakeboarder yeah. in, this, in this whole thing, head over to uh, blindinterstudios.com uh, and click on the patron link on our homepage or head over to patreon.com slash blindinterstudios and become a patron today. Carlos. I forgot this segment last week. Yeah. What have you been up to this week? Yeah. Uh, so let's see. Uh, well, we did sushi recently. Uh, like we, we did. You, me, and Matt had uh, some really good sushi at some, I uh, was the name of the sushi place. I can't remember. Kado no Mise. Kado no Mise. It was amazing. I think one of the coolest dishes was like, it was just a little tiny crab that had then had like, they had uh, what they boiled it and they let it like uh, sit in like a, a in like a of, like, soy, soy marinade. Yeah. yeah. 
And it's like you pop that thing in your mouth as just a crunch followed by a little chewiness. I did just want like a bowl of those. Like, <laughs> yeah, popcorn. that'd be popcorn. fun to snack on. Yeah. <laughs> like honestly, like the rest of the meal could have just like was fine, but that little that single bite. Mm-hmm. It was a lot, and it was really cool because like we're right at the sushi bar, so like he's like he's cutting it and he's telling us what he's serving us. And it was like really cool, like a, like you so you get like the craftsmanship, and you also get like some really good tasting sushi. And he laughed at one of my dad jokes. <laughs> <laughs> and don't go there if you have food allergies. Yeah, they refuse yeah. to accommodate. Yeah, that was kind of a. Bummer. Well, it would be impossible because he's dipping his hand in soy sauce. Like so, like we you see him dipping his hand in soy sauce and all sorts of stuff right in front of you. So it would be impossible. But yeah. yeah. So uh, I was supposed to be the date, but Chris took over. <laughs> I thought he, it was Matt's he's nowhere date. near as pretty. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I was Matt's date. You're probably gonna get your money's worth though. If it was like all you was it all you can eat, like they just serve you, it wasn't all no, you can eat. It was no, not. it was definitely not. It was a set oh. dinner course, like yeah. a six okay. course dinner that's all set preset. Yeah. The I think chef they probably it every appreciated while. you though. There was Usually a, they see me and they're like, oh god. <laughs> <laughs> no, they have. Uh, they, they offered a uh, all cart but like that was not going to happen uh, I was already spent enough yeah he was like all right well I have to figure out how to how to mortgage Casey's house again <laughs> <laughs> did it come with drinks or no. okay well it came with some uh no oh, you had like the tea. tea at the beginning and end of it Ooh. I really like that that uh, cold tea that we yeah. started with that was the really ultra. good yeah I, it kind of all just tasted like water to me that's okay Okay. Okay. So this one time. Well, the first one tasted like a, like an iced like a tea coffee that was cold. That's what. The funniest moment in my life, I think, is once Casey and I were camping, and it was like the evening. So I made some hot tea to finish the evening out. We're in the Boundary Waters, and it was like chamomile lavender, the perfect thing for a girl to calm down with. And I offered Casey a sip, and I don't know if he knew what he was getting into, <laughs> but he took a sip and he like spat it out, <laughs> buttered, like coughed a little. Was like dry heaving. <laughs> Jeez. So, I didn't like it. <laughs> no, I like that stuff before you go to bed. It's nice. Yeah. Wasn't just like, oh no, I don't like that. It was no, like you were offended by it. It was like there was an onion. <laughs> yeah, my, 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 my <laughs> it wasn't quite onion bad. No, he would have done better with an onion. Absolutely. He probably would have been like, oh yeah, nice spicy onion. Right. Yeah, no, it was, yeah, I don't know. It offended my palate and I didn't know how to react. <laughs> <laughs> and like, and it was it was very embarrassing because I think we'd only been dating for like a month. <laughs> were you embarrassed? I think you were too appalled to be embarrassed. You're like, no, that was not good. <laughs> no, I, I like drinking that before I go to bed. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's really good. Yeah, I'd rather have you know something that tasted good. Um, <laughs> yeah, and uh, oh, let's see what else I've been up to. Oh, uh, the new Final Fantasy game came out. Oh, yeah. So, like, uh, I took a break from Diablo yesterday to start playing it. So, they, this one is uh, the first Final Fantasy, like, mainline one that's, like, rated M. Because, like, I think they saw Witcher 3. And it was like, well, we, we got to do that. So, like, we got to, like, have some swearing going on. And uh, it's pretty dark. Uh, like, I was not expecting the game to be about slavery. Oh, wow. Yeah, I know. So, so, is this one finally going to be the last one? I doubt it. I, I don't <laughs> think they're ever going to stop. So, like, they've already, like, they've gone back and are just going to keep, they've been remaking Final Fantasy VII. They got, like, a couple more remakes. I thought that, that was going to be the final one, because they just keep remaking that one. <laughs> and they're going to remake Final Fantasy IX, which is one of the ones I grew up with. Well, so that one I'm more excited than Final Fantasy VII, because I think it's more fun than Final Fantasy And, like, VII. it had, 
some of my favorite music in the whole yeah. franchise. But uh, yeah, no, I've been having a lot of fun with it. It's uh, it's very, very actiony combat, like a lot of like combos and stuff, and like getting a hold of like figuring out the the dodge and all that stuff. And then like, once you like uh, get a little later in the story, like you can just start un- really unloading the damage. But yeah, it's fun. Yeah, I was gonna go to Dodge City once, but I kept missing it. Uh, <laughs> thanks, Matt. <laughs> I needed that chuckle. <laughs> uh, anything else? No, All that's right. it. Jacqueline, what have you been up to lately? Uh, what have I been up to lately? That's why I asked. I don't know. Uh, well, let's see. We went uh, mountain biking yesterday. Oh, yeah. That was great. <laughs> I have this, like, stage fright thing where when people ask me questions, my mind goes blank. <laughs> that I completely understand. I promise you I'm not dumb. <laughs> That's me, too, in the discussions. Oh, I jumped out of an airplane. That was pretty yeah, cool. Yeah, we did that yesterday. Yeah. I hate airplanes, so jumping out's the best part by far. <laughs> Anyone else who hates airplanes, I do recommend skydiving because you can, like... Get out fulfill, justify your hatred you can fulfill your fear of airplanes by jumping out of it every time I fly I'm like get me off this fucking thing so <laughs> yeah free fall is the best part I guess yeah. in the hang glidey part oh like the are the uh, airplanes they use for the skydiving are they like well put together are they like th- like something they go they're, take off they're tiny little rickety things With and like there's a no handles on yeah, right. yeah there's no handles too so not like even a powered here. garage door <laughs> <laughs> yeah i figured it would be a little rickety because like it just has to be a compartment that they drag yeah. around yeah, it's, it's a single prop plane yeah <laughs> with like and your seat is basically a two by four basically yeah and then two weeks ago i biked across the state yeah I don't know if you talked about that. Is that the MS? Not no. really, no. Yeah, bike MS-150 from Duluth to the cities uh, over the course of two days. And uh, holy cow, thanks for padded shorts. That's all I got to say. <laughs> oh, they weren't padded enough, let me tell you what. <laughs> yeah. My ass was hamburger. <laughs> oh, is that so? <laughs> tell us more about this, Casey. <laughs> That's all I got. That's all I got. That's all I need to know, I think. <laughs> Maybe there needs to be like a gel short. Right. A short that's like it's all gel in the backside. But it wouldn't like, it wouldn't breathe. Like it wouldn't soak up the sweat. You'd oh, get so I could just off it. It's the ice pack also. Ice pack. Oh my God, we're back on ice vest. It's not an ice vest. I mean, What's I'm ice wearing vest? an ice vest at the same time. We were... an ice vest is Carlos's novel way of giving you hypothermia. We found out that they do exist on Amazon. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what? If it's really hot, you put a, uh, you have like this, uh, you pull, reach in the freezer, pull out a vest that's a bunch of ice packs in vest form. You put that on. No, you're not as hot. Is this something you do? No, it's not something I have. Because, it's his product idea. Yeah, it's my product idea. <laughs> Okay. But we found there's a bunch. Yeah, of they already did it already. <laughs> huh. It's a new novel way of getting hypothermia. I don't know if it'd give you hypothermia. I think you know it'd what? Keep you I, warm in a hot area. You know how like the ice bath thing right now is like huge on the internet. Uh huh. Where like a bunch of athletes will just like jump in like an ice bathtub. Not even athletes, just normal people. Normal people. Okay. Well, this could be like a on the go version. Like if you're in a hotel room, you just throw your little ice vest on, and then you know you don't have then, to buy. You don't have to like clear the ice machine, you know, fill up your ice hotel. Fill up your So I, I think if you keep going back to the ice machine enough, they just assume that you're harvesting kidneys yeah. in your hotel room. <laughs> <laughs> well, as long as you're not smoking, though, it's fine. Right. Yeah. Uh, 
Fucking ice vest. Mm-hmm. Now you have ice pants. <laughs> well, it's it just in the butt area. Oh, okay. Ice butts. Why yeah. would you... What? what? Well, what? yeah, because you're going to be sitting on... Aren't there uh, some vo- uh, vulnerable parts that like might not actually like ice in that area? Well, you're going to be... Well, those will go up inside of you. Is there like an insulation thing that would protect the rest? I mean, it's up to you if you if you want to wear... You, you, you sell an like, optional ball pouch? Oh, well, the thing is... <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's focused just did? like the gel on the... Because it's going to be a gel thing. It's going to be focused right on the butt. Does your, do your cheeks get hot? Like the outside of the cheeks? Well, like it's just basically like to, well, because Casey complained that it, it wouldn't be comfortable enough if it was just gel. So like make it icy gel. Like I didn't say that. You Jacqueline were, you did. Com- somebody complained about <laughs> it. And you know, in that case, we just break out the ice shorts then. Here's your ice shorts. Yeah. Oh, and because you uh, you paid another extra fifty nine ninety five, here's your fur lined testicle pouch. Oh, I was thinking <laughs> you could just put like a have like a like a fan there, just to get some air in there too. Just I mean, I do actually think the fan is a good idea. Yeah. On those really balmy days, you'd be a little less balmy. Yeah. Ice pants with a little fan. Fan's an add-on. The fan's an add-on. You gotta okay. pay for extra. Uh, so you you want me to put spinning blades down my shorts? <laughs> well, they're careful because like, they put something over it, so like you're not gonna get anything caught in there. Ooh, I hope you're trimmed up. Or that could <laughs> be bad. <laughs> you uh, want to be trimmed up? <laughs> I mean, it could be like the car seats that have the, the air conditioning in the car seat and, and the heater. Like you could have that on the bike seat. Okay. Well, see now that now now we're talking. Well, like Casey was already saying no to my seat? other. Oh, idea. It'd be the the fan version. Well, like, Casey already says no Jeep to uh, the air conditioning where it blows fans. Yeah. Is there gonna be yeah. like little vents in the bike shorts where you can just get air? Well, no, we're we're now we're now. Now we're moving on to the, the, the seat, seat instead itself. of the shorts, which I think is a better option. But you already said no to my idea of like having multiple different seats that you bring with you on this the This is ride. a single seat. Yeah, but you bring in multiple seats. Cause like, no, you problem. don't need multiple seats. Because like you, you, you're, you, put you them? get rub, you just have in your pack. <laughs> so now I have to carry a pack full of seats? No, or you can have, your or your you have it attached to uh, your bike, too. No, you just attach seats. Your elsewhere. ice vest would have attachments for extra seats. You could do that. But you might not need the ice vest if They'd you have like pads. seats that are different shapes for your butt <laughs> that you can swap out right when like it gets a little sore. Oh, here's the donut one because like it's uh, just, I really need to sw- swap seats. Why don't well, but see instead of swapping seats, why don't we just have like why don't we take Matt's idea of like the air conditioning seat and your idea and we combine them into a single seat so you have like a little button and it inflates the the seat a little bit or deflates the seat. For extra cushion, for extra cushion or mm-hmm. donutness, mm-hmm. so like you can ride with hemorrhoids, and um, yeah, yeah, it's a great idea. Yeah, I could do that. It's really like an ADA thing because I think hem- hemorrhoids are a disability. No, are they not? I don't. I don't know. They should be. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, anything else? Nope. Oh, you're talking. <laughs> <laughs> I, have, I have nothing more to say about shorts. You really lost me at that last one. <laughs> uh, oh, you were also in Michigan. Yeah, I went rock climbing, taught a friend how to trad lead, and that was fun. What is trad lead? Okay. Um, can I, do you want the long or the short? or the Okay. The medium. So when you rock climb, you climb with a rope, typically. So if you don't have a rope and it's short, it's bouldering. If you rock climb without a rope and it's tall, it's free solo. If you rock climb otherwise, it's freeing meaning you're doing it without the assistance of gear, but you're using gear for protection. So you can either hinge the rope at the top 
and then have one person on the ground hold the rope or belay while you climb. That way, if you fall, like you don't really fall anywhere because the rope immediately catches you. Or you can lead climb. So you both, your belayer's on the ground and you're on the ground. And as you ascend, you clip the rope into gear as you ascend. So sport is when there's bolts already prefixed to the wall and you just clip in or you put a quick draw on and clip into it. And trad or traditional climbing is when you, as you ascend, you place your own gear. And then if you fall, you hope it catches you. So terrifying. It should, should catch you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I taught a friend how to do that. And uh, yeah, I got to do some trad climbing too. Got the flash on my 5.8. What does flash mean? It means when you climb it, um, the first time you try climbing it, you don't fall. So you get the send. If you get the send, it means you did the whole route without falling. But if you get the flash, it means you got the send on the first try. So... Awesome. Wait, but yeah. if you if you just fall though, that you don't get to try again though, depending on how far you fell. Uh, depending where your gear is and if it sticks, because gear can pull if you're placing it yourself. Yeah, that's why you always let children hand you your handle your gear first, so it's extra sticky. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it's full of biting ants. That really adds a, a factor, a thrill factor. God. <laughs> <laughs> can you imagine? Ah, fuck. <laughs> Yeah, it was good. There's a couple places where I'm glad I didn't fall because the placements were may or may not have caught. You can't like choose. I mean, like you can't change the rock you're climbing, right? So you just kind of, or if you use this. If you, so one of the things about track climbing too is if you use the gear, like let's say I have like a number two cam, and then you use it on a lower spot and you climb higher, and you really could have used it in the higher spot, you have, you can't use that piece anymore because you bring different sizes of gear. So I have a question. So, like, when you're setting spots, like, that's, like, what, you're hammering it in or something, or you're drilling it in, or you're doing something to get it in the wall? Right. So, with sport, someone else already pre-drilled the bolts in. Okay. And you put a carabiner on it. But with trad, it's a removable gear. So, you can either have something called the nut, where it's just, like, a metal. It was actually engineered from, like, something you'd find at the hardware store originally when people first started rock climbing. So, you'd just, like, attach a wire to, like, an actual hardware nut. Now they're engineered for rock climbing and a lot more safe. So, like, so is it like spots that are pre-drilled or? No, nope. yeah. So you find like a crevice or a crack in the rock where you could lodge a piece of gear, and then you put the nut in it, and then clip your rope to it. And so mm. then you hope it like wedges in that rock and secures. Uh, yeah, I wasn't sure if like people like were like hammering stuff in on the wall as they go up, and then like more people are hammering stuff up, and eventually like there's just. No way, way you can safely climb it because there's just too many holes in the wall. Or the mountain just splits yeah, the in The only half. time you yeah, drill into the wall is if it's a permanent fixture. Um, but with trad climbing, you your goal actually is to prevent damage to the rock. Like, it's very leave no trace principle. Well, that's good. Yeah. Yeah, yeah also, it's, it's pretty cool. Like, yeah, I've, I've cleaned, which is like following up and then taking all the gear out for Jacqueline before. And it's neat because then you get to the top and you feel badass because you have all the things, <laughs> but you didn't do shit. <laughs> oh, so you were like, you were maid service that trip. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, then when you, <laughs> so when you come back down, then do you have to re-put the gear in again or you just belay down? You just, uh, yeah, repel down. So, yeah, it depends. Um, then how do you get the, the one that was left up top? So there's a different types of climbing. Sometimes you can actually just climb up over it. So it's, the cliff is usually, like, flat on one side, like, mm -hmm. completely vertical, and then it's just, like, a normal hill on the other. So sometimes you can climb up and over. 
Um, other times there will be permanently fixed bolts, but only at the very top. And then you can just put your rope through that, rappel down on the rope, and pull, and pull your rope. Back. And sometimes they have to, like, they leave the last person that goes up there. They have to stay up there until somebody else comes up there to swap them out because they have to If you put your own gear in just to go down, do you just leave it up there then and take your rope? Um, if there wasn't one already fixed in? Typically, yeah. So there's enough information on the internet and in guidebooks to tell you what to okay. expect. Because um, we definitely, our goal is leave no trace. Yep, yep. So there are times that we have, we call it Craig Booty. And there have been times where I have had to leave gear. One time when I was climbing Devil's Tower, we were on pitch two. And this flash thunderstorm blew in. And there was like, boom, flash, boom, flash, lightning. And we're on Devil's Tower, like literally. And it was freaky so we my friend made a little anchor so she put an extra piece of gear in and she repelled and we got down that yep, yep. Um, as fast as we could but then we went the next day and another group had already climbed it and like they got craig booty they got free free gear because we had to leave it um <laughs> but yeah typically you try not to yep, yep. or if you do leave gear sometimes too if you're doing sport so you clip into those bolts a lot of people don't want to leave like a quick draw because those are $25 a piece. So they'll use what they call a bail beaner, which is a cheaper carabiner that you'll lower off of. And there's some ethics around what type of beaner you use because if, <clears throat> if they like rust shut, it can actually just like ruin the bolts right. for everybody else too. So you always want to leave, if you leave gear, leave something that someone else can remove. Makes also, sense. yeah, there's also ways, <laughs> I don't know what you want to learn about this, but there's also ways we have, I have a stick clip. So it's like a stick with a little clip at the end and normally you use it to put a clip onto a bolt. So if you can't reach it, you can put that on there and then you, it's less dangerous to climb, I guess, because the rope has more protection. Um, but you can also back clean with that. So I can, if I'm below, if you had a lower from below, I can reach that stick clip up and actually remove a piece mm -hmm. um, if it was sport. So if it, remove a carabiner off a bolt. So... With trad, though, you kind of have to leave it if hmm. you're bailing. Right. All right. All right. Thank you. We learned. We don't usually learn on this show. <laughs> 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 All right. Well, now we got to... Oh. Oh no! No, go, go ahead. ahead. Uh, well, we we should we should probably address the whole like mad of it all because he's back. Yeah. After what do you want to know? <laughs> Jesus fucking Christ, Matt! Let the listeners know like how your trip was. God, uh, that's a long. That's a lot. I normally only like three weeks out. This is like f six months out. This is six months, <laughs> man. Uh, yeah, it was awesome. I started in Japan. Well, I started in Washington, then I went to Hawaii. Then I was in Japan, then I was in Korea, then I was in Vietnam, Cambodia, Thailand, and finished in Nepal. Not just finishing in Nepal, like you flew over base camp. Yep. yep. Everest. Well, like. That was pretty cool. Uh, yeah. It's <laughs> <laughs> Mount Everest. <laughs> yeah, but it, it, was it a little big? It was tiny. It was the smallest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> Even when I flew out of the plane, I could see it from the sky. It was so small. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah it was pretty wild flying to Pokhara. And you can just, as soon as you get out of Kathmandu, you just see the Himalayas. And then, yeah, it's fucking wild. It just looks like a wall of, like, you think the, the frickin' what Rockies are big when you fly over them. No, this is like a wall of mountains, like kind of like Lord of the Rings bullshit. It was pretty wild. <laughs> when did you go? Do you remember the date that you were at base camp? Uh, May 17th, 18th, somewhere in there, 20th something. Yeah, yeah it, it was in there. Because Everest, like, 
most people only climb Everest on I was there that week. Days. Yep. Yeah, so usually it's early to mid-May. Mm-hmm. So did you see people? Like, oh, there was droves of people taking just the, the hike to base camp. Uh, and what then about look, the summit? Sorry. I didn't. I didn't. Well, that was still about 10, 12 miles away from where I was. Mm-hmm. It's pretty mind-boggling how far it, everything is from base camp still. Uh, yeah, I think they take a whole week or so to go from base camp to summit, something like that. And then coming back down is like another week, and they spend like a whole month at base camp, I think, is what they were telling me. So, yeah, that's yeah. pretty. I know a lot of people actually hike. Oh, sorry. I know a lot of people actually hike to base camp as mm-hmm. like a tourist attraction. Yep. And so. like that, because that week's the best week to do it. Yeah, it's just lines of people taking the path. The whole, and it's a pretty nice looking path, it looks like. It looks like a lot of money has been put into the path. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, yeah. Base camp, I guess, had like 1,500 <clears throat> people staying there at base camp when I flew over it. And, uh, yeah, it's just people coming every day and then leaving. And I guess that takes a whole few weeks to get to base camp, too, just because you have to do the days of uh, acclimation and stuff. So, was there? Were you inspired to go back and climb Everest after that? Were you like, holy nope. shit, this is the coolest thing ever? <laughs> Maybe if I quit smoking and got in shape, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, we were... We were at uh, Everest uh, meet Everest View Hotel having breakfast and like all day long there was people because uh, there's a town about a couple hours away from there so people do the acclimation up to the hotel there and then walk back down or something like that so I was talking to a few people that were doing that and it seemed really cool uh, yeah it's just time consuming yeah so Casey said you took a helicopter to base camp. And then you got out, and then you immediately suffocated because the elevation was insane. Can you, can <laughs> yeah, you, you tell could, me more about this? You could only be out of the plane for five minutes. Before you get hape? Yeah, like, uh, you first get out. Even when we were flying, uh, there's, like, a drop-off point where we wait for... We split planes just because of the weight and stuff. Mm-hmm. So uh, three people got out, and meet the other two, and the driver went up to the... Or the pilot went up to base camp there. And then we got out for five minutes, and then all of a sudden, like... You could feel my heart start going like that, and my head was getting a little like dizzy by the end of that five minutes and got on the plane. It felt like I was having a bad trip, basically, as it was. Seems dangerous, right? Because, like, acclimation takes quite a while, mm-hmm. and so to just yeah. bypass all that, yep. you're like, if the plane broke or if anything happened... Oh, yeah, you'd like, be fucked. <laughs> I, so the two, the two biggest risks are... Um, pulmonary edema or cerebral edema. Mm-hmm. So basically, your lungs fill up with fluid until you suffocate, or your brain fills up with fluid and you just, like, lose consciousness yep <laughs> <laughs> and that did that that didn't scare you at all when you're no, up there you didn't all. think like oh all the things that could go wrong <laughs> no no not at all uh they're they're pretty strict about how like he makes you get off the get back on the helicopter immediately they're like go 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 mm-hmm. and then they drop us off at the midway point there and you kind of catch your breath and wait for the other people like five ten minutes to come back and uh, even just walking around out there i'm like wow this is interesting <laughs> and then uh we got to the the hotel and that's still i don't know twelve thousand feet was that or something i don't know for sure what it was what's three meters uh three hundred three thousand meters uh that'd be nine thousand so it was it was was nine to twelve thousand somewhere in there it was like three thousand eight hundred and something i think is where that was and even just sitting there having our breakfast like we're all kind of feel like we're high basically just talking to each other having a good time and uh we had to sit there for maybe three hours or so because they kept getting emergency calls from base camp because there's only like 15 uh high altitude pilots in all of nepal and only like four helicopters going at once so yeah you kind of just stuck there for that week because everybody's flying at the same time and they have to emergency evac people out of there. Well, this is what, like, one of the deadliest years on the mountain in a while, too, wasn't it? Yeah, as soon as we left there, there was that Australian that died up there. Yeah. 
So it looks like Everest Base Camp sits at 17,000 feet. Is that about right? Yeah. Um, which one thing that's interesting is the pulmonary and cerebral edema can, if you go from sea level, which is where we live, um, if you go to 10,000 feet, some people can start to risk mm-hmm. even having um, symptoms of that. So to just go to 17,000 feet. Granted, you were probably already at some sort of altitude. You'd have to see what Katmandu was at. I don't know. Oh. Mm. Do you want to know an interesting, interesting... Sorry, you guys. This is like my world right here, so I don't want to like... <laughs> you can cut me off at any time. But did you know that um, <clears throat> life like stops being sustained at 17,000 feet? So no like tribe of humans in history has ever really lived higher than that in elevation? Uh, 4,500 feet, or 4,593, so basically 4,600 is the elevation of Kathmandu. So I flew up fucking 13,000, 13,000 feet in a few, 40 minutes, basically. Mm. <laughs> it's higher than we did on the airplane. You for... say Kathmandu is 4,000 feet? Yep, okay. 4,593. Which is pretty low, actually, surprisingly. Yeah. That's what I don't know. Yeah. What else would you like to know about it? <laughs> um, well, I'd ask you if you saw any famous mountaineers, but I doubt you know any. No, not a clue. Yeah, I probably wouldn't have seen any anyway. I probably had a beer with one. What? Like. Yeah, you probably did. <laughs> the guy that I flew up there with freaking called his uh, nine-year-old son in Australia from base camp. That's that's weird to think about that there's cell towers on base camp. Right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So, so, I mean, like a lot of rich people. Climb. Yeah, I know, I know. So I mean, it's, there's it's, some money going through it's there. The, it's like it just seems weird that the most remote place on Earth, basically, it just has a cell phone tower, right? <laughs> um, so besides uh, Nepal, which sounds like it was a very unique and oh incredible my God, yeah, experience, Kathmandu is insane. <laughs> um, was there any other like just standout like holy shit I can't believe this is happening right now? Uh, don't know about that per se, but being North uh, Vietnam was absolutely amazing. Uh, just yeah, Halong Bay and then Ninh Binh, that one with the like dragon on the top of the mountain that I took pictures of and stuff. Uh, doing that back alley uh, motorbike tour around Hanoi and stuff. That was pretty sweet. You were on a lot of sketchy motorbikes, man. Yeah, that was like. fun. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, that, it's pointless, like, in all those major cities to even wait to get a taxi, actually. So you just use Grab and get a fucking motorbike and hop on. You'll get there in half less than half the time you would oh, on, wow. on an actual, yeah. So the only time I got an actual... Uh, taxi or car was when I was going to the airport or something with my backpack but then even then there was one time that I took my backpack on me while I'm doing that that was terrifying (laughs) (laughs) yeah that was pretty wild uh so did it look like this so if you type in North Vietnam into Google and you hit images the first image that comes up that'd be Halong Bay yep was it this pretty uh, no, because it's burn season when I was there, so it was all hazy and smoky everywhere I was. Mm. Uh, they always have their dry season. It's either a natural fire that happens or they burn off the crops from the year before, and then it just, like, we were ta- they were talking about how terrible the pollution was here, and what, that one day I was gone at Bonnery was in, like, 200 and, like, yeah. or, like low 200s, and I think that's the worst it's been here. I was, <clears throat> I was in 280 to, like, 340 every single day when I was in Southeast Asia. There. Oh, wow. Yeah. Do you <laughs> just have to wrong. wear a mask everywhere then, or no. not that bad yet? I mean, I probably should have. But I didn't, and I still smoked a pack. It's, yeah, well, I mean, it's really hard to smoke in a mask. <laughs> I mean, it's not the worst. It's not the worst thing you've done to your lungs. 
<laughs> but yeah, pie was the only time I actually felt sick, and that's when I was just miserable in that hut without any air conditioning. And I'm no, I was so excited to get back to pie, but yeah, those mornings would just be brutal sitting outside, just like my whole part, the whole thing just smells like fire the whole time. Yeah, uh, and then it'd be like upper hundreds every single day, no air conditioning, just mm-hmm. a little fan. Oh. Yeah, oh, that was miserable. I had the shit so bad that one day too. <laughs> Uh, I should have just went in the fucking dirty ass river that was outside of there and been fine. But then uh, Songkrum happened, and that's the water uh, New Year's water festival that they have in Thailand that lasts a weekend. Uh, mostly in Chiang Mai it happens, but it started in Pai on that Wednesday. So then it was just like free for all, everybody spraying each other with water and having a blast. It was so much fun. That sounds amazing. And then when you get to Chiang Mai, it's like <clears throat> the real festival, and that was the first time it happened since COVID. So. I don't know, a million people. I don't know what it Whoa. was. Whoa. It's because uh, they have a moat around the river, around Chiang Mai, like the old city. So, like, all around the moat is just a giant parade that's going less than a mile an hour, and everybody just fucking containers of water, like, throwing at each other, just getting shit-faced everywhere. It was so much fun. Me and uh, Sonam, like, I don't think we want the boat water on us. And next thing you know, we're on the other side of the river partying with everybody, just getting splashed. With them. I'm surprised they didn't get pink eye or dysentery or something there. But <laughs> it's pretty gross. You have diseases you haven't figured out yet. It was so much fun, but yeah, that was pretty pretty gross. Yeah, I was yeah. wondering about that Twitch you were you had or the TikTok or. <laughs> No, no, I'm just making just it. Like, oh, that's yeah. <laughs> Diseases that you don't know you had yet. <laughs> no, yeah, the, the Chiang Mai was cool. And north of Thailand, north of Vietnam, amazing. Angkor Wat, that was pretty mind-blowing. Yeah. Awesome. Well, it's good to have you back, man, but your trip looked fucking incredible. Welcome to the world of bland food. I know you really missed it. I, I, that week I got back, I broke out in zits all over my fucking face from all the fried gross food we have here and everything. Yeah, Fries, hamburgers, pizza. Yeah. Ugh. <laughs> yeah. That's the most depressing part it is. Yeah. And it's too expensive to go eat nice stuff. Like, Yeah, here. it kind of is. Yeah, unless you're gonna make it yourself, right. and even then, like, good luck finding the ingredients. Well, like, that you I, want I don't like. I was like, telling you, I don't really cook very often, and I when I do, I don't, I don't find it economical to buy all these groceries because I'll throw it all away. Yeah. So it's much cheaper for me to just go and get a meal somewhere. So. But. It's, it's that quote from The Office always like really hit home to me when it's I think it's Andy was like I need to learn to cook for one that, I think that was his, <laughs> like New Year's resolution to learn to cook for one and I, yeah anytime and I hear this right I'm like, <laughs> and then well Casey loves cooking Carlos enjoys cooking I think and I I enjoy the part of cooking I don't enjoy that it takes 45 minutes to an hour to make my meal yeah. and then I spend two minutes eating it like and then you have dishes yeah yeah I usually do my dishes um, when I get done cooking it yeah. but I have a I have a cookbook actually that you might like uh, it's it's um, two meals one pan Okay. And so it's a bunch of recipes that are all made in one pan, and it makes two portions. Okay. What's the average length of cooking one of the meals? Like 30 to 40 minutes. See, then I get done eating in two minutes. <laughs> I don't, How long does it take I, you to get the food in the first place if you go out to eat? Well, then I actually am entertained like doing something. I don't have any dishes, and it's just gone, and I can throw it away. I see. But, I mean, <laughs> still takes time to get it. I don't have to do anything, though. I can just sit yeah, down at a table and, and have food. a beer. And- <laughs> <laughs> well, you can have a beer while you're cooking, too. Yeah. Not the same. <laughs> it's not the same. And then I can have the TV on over there, but I'm going to miss something. Be like, God damn it, i got to rewind it. Well, you, you put something on that you don't care about. Yeah. 
When you get those futuristic glasses where you can watch TV in them while you like also look down. <laughs> the new the new Apple thing. <laughs> we just got to get Matt like a bunch of Soylent and he'll be fine. I I did do Soylent for a little bit and no that didn't. I go, can't no. believe you did. Actually, no that's that doesn't surprise me. Bartending at all. and uh, that's when I was more than four days a week or whatever bartending. I'm just like I don't have any ambition to do shit and yeah it was disgusting. That yeah it's just tasteless nutritional mm-hmm. paste. Yep. That's actually so I know there's like a movie that Soylent does green the Soylent is green. Yeah. But like, there's actually mm-hmm. yeah, actually there's like a chocolate one, a strawberry one, and like they they kind of taste like slim fast type of things. Mm-hmm. The chocolate one was the only kind of decent one. The coffee one was disgusting. Yeah, I got one of those like thirty pack try to try it or whatever. But no, yeah, you could just do uh, what is it like a bulletproof coffee? You just put butter in your coffee. Sounds <laughs> 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 <This> disgusting. <laughs> it's, it was like this like diet hack going around Silicon uh, Valley. And I'm like, how is putting a stick of butter in your coffee a diet hack? Gross. <laughs> well, those would be Maybe because some... it just makes you shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. Like, that's why. <laughs> It's like a bullet out the other end. (laughs) Yeah, bulletproof, bulletproof. Like, yeah. Oh, I wouldn't mind getting one of those, uh, those, there's one, not HelloFresh, but there's another one where you actually get a toaster oven thing and you just scan the barcode and put it in and take it out type of thing. Oh, like a Keurig for food? Yeah. Yeah. It's supposed to be better than just the pre, the gross Mm. things that are all sodium, but that'd be way too expensive. Yeah, I don't, I, I don't, I don't know what the answer is for you, man. And I also don't want to have to have my my uh, mailman do work of giving me food every. Right. I don't know, day. maybe like a can of tuna fish and instant rice. I do rice. that all the time. Not the instant <laughs> rice patch, but can of tuna all the time. I love tuna. I yeah. it, it took me twenty minutes to make my breakfast today, which was a uh, chorizo burrito. Yeah. That, I mean, that's that's. It all, tastes really good. That's kind of a long time for breakfast. Yeah, so well, thing. yeah, but like it's like you toss the trees on the pan. Yeah, well, and then, well, that's heating up. Doing, I gotta go make some. I gotta get my coffee started. I can and, see that it'd take about that long. But and then like I scrambled an egg in there and uh, breakfast is the only thing I don't mind cooking myself. I'm fine with that. And all that goes, you gotta make your coffee anyway. And that all goes on the burrito. And the burrito goes back on that pan that's got some chorizo juice on there and gets toasted both mm. sides. Yeah, that sounds. So it takes good. twenty minutes. Yeah. I didn't know you were a high, like first class chef here. <laughs> like we're gonna have. I, it's, it's, it's it's taken years to get him to this point. Uh, this, this, this sounds Michelin star worthy. Is there like a home version of Michelin star? Like Bachelor star? Get some or no? Not yet, no. You want just a little bit? Uh, so we're pouring yeah. a beverage. Yeah. Well, yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll talk about that in just a second here. Uh, Matt, is there anything else you'd like to share? How was, your, how was Bonnaroo? Oh, it was a really good year this year. Okay. Uh, they fixed a lot of things that they fucked up last year. And uh, what did they uh, fuck up last year that they fixed? They, the the entry, the entrances. They took away one of the entrances. Uh, the bathroom situations were all fucked up. The stage sound was messed up. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Layouts of things were just different and didn't make any sense. Uh, this year, the only two things they fucked up was moving where VIP was. It was a nice thoroughway that was a walkway before, so now it's blocked off and only VIP can walk through right there. And uh, they got rid of the TV screens outside of two of the tents. So those are two complaints that I had this year. Otherwise, it went really smoothly. Oh, wow. That's awesome. Well, so uh, it's like a music festival. Mm-hmm. What, 8, who 000, played? 80,000 to 100,000 people camping out in a big giant field oh for five days or so, six days. Uh, Foo Fighters headlined, Odessa headlined, uh, Kendrick Lamar headlined, uh, Paramore was there, Cheryl Crow was there, Girl in Red was there. 
He saw uh, Childers two days after yeah, we did. Tyler Childers. Yeah. Corn. Uh, so yep. quite the quite the variety. Mm-hmm. That's EDM quite variety. is slowly dying. Thank God. <laughs> uh, like there was more people at just normal shows this year than I've seen in all the past years. I think that people because the EDM shits. That's what sells tickets, and I think that slowly might be hopefully changing yeah. back to good times. Is that because like Adderall's on back order? <laughs> maybe. Maybe. They're having production issues. Or, like, stock, well, it sounds like they need to give those people Adderall. <laughs> <laughs> like the, those stages are still fucking packed, the EDM stages, but uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I just hope music goes back to people with actual instruments again and not just a DJ because um, it's, yeah. Old man yells at cloud. Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> like I enjoy walking by those stages and just seeing the fucking light show and pyrotechnics, but I I can't <laughs> drop, drop, drop. That's about what it sounds like to me. Yep. And they're all wearing masks that are just light up so, displays. Have you done Bonnaroo a lot? Like this you- was my seventh year. Okay. Started in 2011, 12. Then I went to Japan. Then 17, 18, 19, uh, 22, 23. Okay. Mm-hmm. Cool. And it's a far cry from what it was in 11 and 12, but I'll still go every year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That nostalgia is going to be hard to beat. Yeah. Like, it's okay. It's still a wonderful yeah. time there. I oh, still yeah. love it. Yeah. All right. So going around, uh, we have Rare Candy from El Cre- Elm Creek Brewing. Uh, this is a fruity treat in a can. Rare Candy uh, is a kettle soured ale loaded with over 40 pounds per barrel of blueberries and blueberry and raspberry or blueberry and raspberry puree. A puree, uh, resulting in a truly refreshing ale. Sorry, this can is kind of hard to read because it's like it makes me think shiny it's gonna be like and, gushers. It's shiny and purple. Yep. Um, though apparently every time you drink a can, you go up a level. Um, oh, yeah. At that's least how that's how it works in Pokemon. Yeah, that's how the rare candies work. So yeah, I was like smelling this, and I was expecting it to be sweeter. I was expecting it to be much sweeter than it really is. Do you think this is made with wheat? Uh, oof, probably. As a kettle sour, um, usually there's wheat in that. So it's like really, when you look at it, it's like, it looks like a mixed... Not a pleasing color? (laughs) No, it looks like a mixed drink. It looks like something, some... It looks like jelly, but more liquid. (laughs) Like it's, I don't know, blueberry colored, like light. Like the aroma is very tart blueberry. It doesn't even smell like beer, to be honest. It doesn't really taste like beer, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> also sour. I mean, oh, gr- granted, there's some sours that uh, taste like horse blanket. Yeah, this, well, but it's not really, I don't, I the get after, like a little bit of sour, but. The aftertaste reminds me of the horse blanket. Yeah, it's not as, uh, it's not as like a uh, super tart as I, I normally like my mm. sours pretty tart. There's, yeah, there's a little bit of that, um. You know yeah, that, that like the thing that makes you like salivate, like right okay. in those glands there. It tastes like really strong lemonade with blueberries in it, straight mm. up, yeah. with like a t- hint of fizz. Like, I don't even think I would know this has alcohol in it. <laughs> this is a, a berry fizzy juice. This is what it tastes like. Yeah, and it's six percent. Um. Yeah. Anybody else have anything they want to say about it? Carlos, give me a number. Five it's three. not bad. Oh. It's not bad. Go ahead. Sorry. It's not bad. Uh. But like I, I do like my uh, my sours uh, like to like if, if it's not like a horse blanket sour, uh, I want it to be like a little bit tartar than this. Uh, but you know this is still not bad. Very easy to drink. Uh, 
I'm going to give it a seven and a half. Seven and a half. Matt? I'll go seven. It's all right. Jack, I'd drink it. So I don't know anything about beer. I don't drink beer. I'm actually allergic to wheat. But if I did drink beer, I would drink this. Uh-huh. So 10 out of 10. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I'm going to give this, uh, man. If I had just a little bit more like lactic bite, I'd be real, like, I'd be a little bit more behind it. Mm-hmm. Um, everything just feels very muted. It's just like berry juice with like I wish there was some a bit funk. more raspberry flavor. Yeah, just something. But even then, like, n- because they did two, it doesn't, and it doesn't really, neither one really comes forward. It feels muddled. I'm giving it a six. It's drinkable. It's fine. But I I don't think I would take more. I would say that it's going to be way easier for me to drink one of these tall cans than a shorter can of, like, actually tart sour. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> and, like, you, you won't you won't have nearly the amount of heartburn that you usually yeah, have. Yeah. <laughs> so that'll be great. Yeah, no, like, uh, it'll be a lot easier to drink it. It's so sour, I kind of wonder how well it would sit if you drank more than one, to be honest. Like, when you drink grapefruit juice, and it's, like, super acidic. I kind of wonder if that would come through with this. Yeah, we've, uh, we've, we've definitely had some beers on the show that have been, like... Warheads? Like, warhead puckery <laughs> no, sour. No. Those are the kind <laughs> oh, Carlos <God>. likes. <laughs> I, I do like those ones. Yeah. I know, but can you, can you, like, can your stomach handle more than one? That is the real question. Well, I he makes his stomach handle more than one. <laughs> 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 you eat enough cheese so I could drink your... one can, but if I have a second can, that's not gonna feel good. Yes. Okay. All right. Uh, well, we have a couple of discussion topics today, so we're going to dive into those, even though uh, we are now an hour into. Oh, I didn't even try on that one. Matt. That was good. Yeah, let's talk about that one. So uh, this past week, we were all riveted um, to our news feeds looking for uh, to or I guess watching looking for news and updates on whether or not these rich assholes were going to come back from the Titanic. Turns out they poofed. Um, <laughs> did, anybody have a, did anybody have a favorite meme that they saw? Uh, no, I, I actually did. Like, I did. They like, just saw flooded some, all over yeah. the place. Whatever. There was one that I liked. Uh, it was like a, I can't remember what the picture was, but it says what the or the the expressions of the billionaires when they come up and see all the memes about them. And I can't remember what the picture was, but I laughed really hard at that. I saw one after the fact of like the the wreckage, and somebody had like photoshopped the shitty Logitech controller. And it was the only thing that was yeah. left. <laughs> <laughs> the only thing that survived. That like a Nokia brick phone. <laughs> hey, if they had a Nokia brick phone, they probably never would have exploded or imploded. You could just make the entire yeah. submersible out of Nokia, Nokia brick phones. Yeah. <laughs> it's more durable than carbon fiber. No, okay, actually, I have a story about this. One time I was ice fishing when I was a teenager, and we dropped it down the ice fish hole. And you could look down the hole, it was still on. And we ice fished it out of the hole, and it still worked. <laughs> <laughs> Might have smelled a little bit more like fish, but... <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, shit's real. Oh man, um, yeah. So Matt, what was what was the discussion topic you wanted to have around this? I don't know. Jacqueline brought it up. Oh, Jacqueline, what was the discussion topic you wanted to have around this? Well, I don't know. I just thought it was really interesting. Like, would you guys, if you, if money wasn't a thing, and you had this opportunity to go see the Titanic face to face through a shitty little window at thirteen thousand feet below the surface of the water, would you do it? No. If I have money, I'm definitely not going to go down there. 
There is no way because I, I, you're like, my life could be good. This is great. (laughs) I'm not gonna send somebody down there who's a poor, send a poor down there. (laughs) (laughs) Send somebody who doesn't have anything to live for. I have money now. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah, I was gonna say, everything you see in the movie Titanic is better what you're gonna see out of that window in the submarine. Like, it would be, I mean, unless I can find that giant fucking diamond that that old bitty dropped into the ocean. And it'd be way better if it was like a drone that you're controlling. At from like a like you probably like you're would have, on the surface, but you're doing like a live. Like, I don't drum. know if like if if you could like control it from the like the surface, but because I, I don't know how like the signals it's not, it's not go the same very feeling, well. Though. You're just watching yeah. a TV screen. It's 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 no, but like you're in control. Your you're like, so like you can actually go in there, and if you're not submersible, you're not seeing much with your own eyes. Like you're not going to be going into the Titanic because nobody's going to let you do that because that's very dangerous. But a little drone underneath the water in there going inside the Titanic that'd be pretty cool. Then yeah, it's, it's the movie Titanic then because yeah, that's just <laughs> that's just the movie Titanic. Yeah, but, but ex- I'm not James Cameron, so I haven't done that. I haven't controlled the drone because you know he controlled it. Like oh, you he, know he, did he not controlled let somebody that else control it. He, he controlled that drone. Oh, but he's also done dives down there with uh, with his submarine or submersible. Yeah, they came out with like a documentary later on of him doing it and stuff too yep and he also was like oh yeah no they they they're dumb they died yeah uh because he used um real real materials right not carbon fiber uh and titanium and And the window was like rated to more than 1200 feet yeah yeah it was 1200 meters i don't remember yeah i think i think the yeah what was it? the? It was less than a quarter or something. Was what the window is rated towards, as far as the pressure goes for less the depth. Than a quarter down. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So like, <laughs> not even the, close. the Titanic sits at like thirteen thousand. Yeah. This was set for like three thousand feet or something. Was the pressure de- the pressure crush depth on it? So like oh, every no. what was was every three meters the pressure doubles. Yeah. Right. So it's not just like you know three times more pressure if it's a third down, if that makes sense. Like, it's like times two, times two, times two, times two, times two, the amount of pressure at the bottom Yeah. for that window to not be rated to. Yeah, even Queen can't get out of that one. Like, yeah, no, pressure gets absurd. <laughs> the, uh, and then they're talking about the time they have left to get, like, save them. I'm like, I'm also thinking about, well, if they are alive down there, don't they can't just bring them up. Otherwise, they, then they get the bends. Well, so, no. No? Because... I had thought that too, but Casey explained it. Yeah, yeah. So the submersible itself was set at one atmosphere, right? So there's all of this pressure like pushing down on the outside of it, right? So as long as it's not breached, it's still at one one atmosphere pressure on the inside. Mm, So you're not dealing with any of the things that like scuba divers deal with where um, you have to worry about nitrogen getting in and like you have to outgas that nitrogen. That was something that James Cameron even talked about is the time it takes to get up and go down or something. But I don't know. Well, maybe his submersible had pressure. That's possible that they did pressurize his more, which would make it theoretically safer. Yeah, because there's less risk to implosion. Yeah. And going so there's a there's a possibility that. <laughs> or there's also like if it's not airtight too like if there's any reason why it for it not be airtight you would need to at least pressurize it somewhat yeah i don't think um, you keep it up in atmosphere yeah and it's just it's it's really yeah the entire thing's very fascinating um so like, it, the materials that they used were so bad because they're so they're very strong but they're very brittle right mm-hmm. and so you want something that has a little bit of like high strength but also malleability to it so if it starts to fail you have a warning yeah 
Like, oh, hey, this is starting to dimple a little bit. Maybe we should get the fuck out of here instead of, oh, hey. Bloop. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my so, God. Okay, let's say the submersible was rated for 13,000 feet. Would you guys do it? Would no. you spend a day or two in this claustrophobic, tiny little tube 13,000 feet down? Yeah, I would not. You would? Yeah. So Casey would. Chris is, why is Chris a hard no? I'm pretty sure I wouldn't fit very well in that thing. <laughs> like, I don't fit. I don't fit in airplanes, let alone fucking yeah. submersibles. <laughs> That's it, though. Like, open, like opens if you got. So two I would seats. go. So what I would go in is like an actual submarine, because I've been on. You definitely don't fit in an actual. No, I, submarine. Well, you know that would be when worse. I when I because I went on board it like uh, are the real like because when we went to, years ago to. Uh, LA, we like we did a tour of a submarine. It was bigger on the inside than I was expecting. Like it's still way too small for me, but like I would still go on there for a trip. Like that, th- like that'd be fine. Would you go thirteen thousand feet down though? You know, I if nobody told me how far down we're going, it's not like there's windows. As long as, as, long as I as I can't like, or if they told me that and I just don't picture in my head how far deep that is, it'd be fine. Because like you're in a if you're in a submarine like that, it doesn't. Uh, like it's not the same. You're like you're not there, like squeezed in, looking out there. You're basically in this like mobile home, except it's more like I guess for military purposes. But yeah, for it, me, it'd be a it's, mobile a, it's home. a mobile home that shoots missiles. It has a kitchen. <laughs> I was really surprised. and ice cream. Yeah, I was surprised to learn that the Titanic was so deep. I didn't realize it was at three thirteen thousand feet because I knew they had taken a, some sort of submersible sub down there before. Mm-hmm. That's so far. So it's so far. We think a hundred feet steep. That's when you like start to get narked when you're scuba diving. Hundred feet. Now times that by a lot. Thirteen. <laughs> um, I like the story of the guy who. Uh, Hundred and thirty. It was the uh, the cook, and it was actually he was in that Titanic movie too. But uh, it was like the the chef who like uh, was like when the ship was going down, like he wasn't going to make it on the raft, so he he just got absolutely wasted. Yeah, and then he survived. Like. Because, like, all the alcohol, like, let him, like, keep swimming long after the fact that most people, like, could no longer keep treading water. Mm-hmm. So he's made it to rescue. Well, it's, yeah, it's the same with any kind of accident. Be drunk, and then you're uh, more likely to He's got to be absolutely <laughs> hammered. <laughs> the, uh, so is that the deepest part area in the Atlantic? How, no, how that's deep not even does the close. Atlantic go? Uh, I know the Pacific's fucking deep, deep, deep. That's where Mariana is, but... Okay, after that, we didn't ask you. Would you go in it? No, because it's it's only glorified because of that fucking movie. Nobody would be caring about any of this yeah. unless that movie came out in uh, 1996. 27,841 yeah. feet. So yours is more on principles. Yeah. Well, it's not like so, you're claustrophobic think, or afraid of like, not fitting. Matt, you are wrong on that one. What? Uh, there are... So, <laughs> <laughs> Let me just interrupt you really quick to tell you that yeah. you are no, very so wrong. Pe- people would still care, <laughs> even without the movie. Um, have you ever heard of the, the Andrea Doria? Nope. Okay, so it's um, it's a passenger liner that uh, that sank off the coast of the U.S. People yeah. give a massive shit about that, like, or at least like in certain circles, like it's it's a very big deal. It's like this, um, and like it sits in, I think like three hundred feet uh, or two hundred some feet. I can't see, remember, I'd rather but. go see that than try. To well, yeah, yeah, that. but it's it like I don't know these, like, these shipwrecks. People care. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm not, not, giving, I'm not yeah, saying anything yeah. about shipwreck. I'm just saying more precedence is on the Titanic. I mean, like Titanic was like a, was famous for a reason before that. Yeah. Like even before James Cameron movie. Like like I was before the movie came out. I, I knew remember, a lot about the Titanic. I definitely I like remember five. 
reading about and stuff. Yeah. But let's 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 stop glorifying James Cameron. So, but, yeah, so no, you remember reading about it on your five, but the movie and the stuff behind it came out in '96. No, so it's only it's no only true. two more years later. So there was already excitement. It was movie. some of the first boobs I saw. Was that <laughs> That's movie? True. So. And I definitely went to the exhibit that was at the science museum. Bullshit yeah. like that. I no, like know. because because the, the, the Titanic is like such a big story for all these for decades and decades and decades. The reason that it became like such a big story was because the fact that it was supposed to be unsinkable. They made a big deal about it being unsinkable, and then it promptly sunk. And that oh, three of them, three of them, yeah, they, they uh, <laughs> there were three. Of them. They sunk a lot of them. <laughs> they sunk all three of them. So it was like it's like a, a classic Huber story, and like Huber stories. Like they stick around. Like people will remember those big stories. Like especially if it's like, like a gigantic like, ship. If his iceberg never goes came down out and didn't become the biggest movie of all time, I'd like to know how much we'd still be talking yeah. about. Oh. We would talk about it still. Well, I mean, we we weren't talking about the Titanic until these people got. We talk about the Edmund Fitzgerald, yep. and that's the only thing Except I know about. Is we also talk about it whenever there's an anniversary and he brings it back out in the theaters. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, so here's here's a fun fact. I can't remember which one. It was either. Um, the uh, it was one of the sister ships, um, but it sank in 360 feet of water, um, and so the nose <laughs> of the boat is smooshed because when it sank, like they're 800 some feet long, and so it like ran itself into the bottom <laughs> and then fell over. <laughs> so you can see like where it hit the bottom and it smooshed the bow of the boat. I think I think even though there it wouldn't be funny. anything to see, I'd much rather go to the bottom of the Mariana Trench than I would go see a Titanic. Um, I'd rather you, go to the Mariana. So like claustrophobia is not a thing. I mean, it might be, but I don't not, know. Not preconceived. Right now, in my head, no, that wouldn't be a thing. But I'd just uh, be like, I wonder if they carry Xanax just in case. <laughs> Probably. Like, Take a shitload of Dramamine before you go on. That would be my biggest hell, I think, is to be stuck in a submarine. I don't know if you It also depends on, is there going to be a bunch can of you people dive like to the this? Or is it just going to be like me and the driver? Mira what's it going to be? Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, the James people you're with are really annoying. Yeah, right. <laughs> oh, yeah, because that's like one of the deepest <laughs> places. It's like an open room. Yeah, because yeah, he, he's he's done like one of the deepest dives you can possibly yep, do. Yeah. Uh, so. so to circle back to Matt's original qu- or other question, uh, the deepest part of the Atlantic Ocean is 27,841 feet. And that is at the Puerto Rican Trench. Huh. Yep. How uh, far away from Puerto Rico? Deepest part of the Atlantic Ocean, Caribbean Sea. Uh, it looks like uh, the peninsula of Florida is visible in the upper right. Uh, the islands of Cuba, Hispaniola, Puerto Rico, and the island group of the Virgin Islands are all identified by... Okay, this is the map. Uh, let's see. It's just north of Puerto Rico. Crazy. So don't get yeah. lost scuba diving or... I was going to say, yeah, because you got that all that nice Don't little overweight. shallow, and then all of a sudden, boom, 26,000. Well, yeah, yeah, so it'd be on the, yeah, on, on the Atlantic side. That makes sense. Okay. Yeah, it's it's actually like, so there's, here's a 3D, uh, 3D map oh, there. Damn. It's like, so Puerto Rico uh, is right here, and it basically just bloop right off. That's wild. <laughs> so is that a, a, is so that a you, plate then? What? Uh, I think so. It has to be a plate, right? If you trip off of the island, <laughs> you will never be found because you'll still be sinking. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> don't, don't, don't trip on Puerto Rico. <laughs> well, I got a new, uh, I got a new conspiracy deep, theory. I want to start how spreading. How deep is the Mariana? <laughs> so about uh, uh, the the Mariana is thirty six thousand feet. So I want to oh, start spreading this uh, about this close. new conspiracy theory that like you know global warming. You want to know why we have global warming? Why? Well, because a rich industrialist had these giant ships like the Titanic built, and they got taken out by icebergs, and he wants revenge on planet Earth. So he's, he funneled all his money until his death into just heating the world up. I mean, honestly. It tracks. 
kind of tracks. Could that be? Could that be why the Bermuda Triangle is what it is, and everything gets lost because it goes down twenty six thousand feet, and then? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Because yeah, that's that's right around there. Like, um, the uh the average depth of the Atlantic Ocean is only uh, eleven thousand nine hundred sixty two. Uh, only. And the Titanic's at thirteen, and then yeah. that's at twenty. I mean, yeah, that's about where the Bermuda area is. Right? Yeah. Man, now we know more about Bermuda. Why don't? Why doesn't Bermuda. James Cameron just Bermuda. fucking go down there and find Bermuda. all these missing Bermuda. things? <laughs> oh man, this is fascinating. The ocean's cool, guys. Yeah, it's kind of terrifying, but it's really neat. At the moment, it's safer to go to space, right? Isn't like that? <laughs> it's easier to go to, space. Now, to go to space. I'm not gonna look this up, but isn't like one of the th- possible things for like some of the wrecks happening or disappearances in the at the Bermuda Triangle being like that? There's like methane burps, whatever that can come from below. And like this become a giant bubble and just will like destroy a vessel. I heard about something like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Because well, that would be also where the tectonics are and stuff. So, huh? I thought it was a uh, like um, just like a big storm area. Oh, that too. I mean, but I I remember hearing something about it's yeah yeah some sort of like might have been on the History Channel one of those. Well, yeah. Well, if it's on History Channel, it turns out that makes it pretty suspect. (laughs) Actually, yeah, uh, and. Nat Geo like keeps letting James Cameron do nonsense, <laughs> so they're pretty shit too. Oh, I found one Encyclopedia Britannica. I don't know anything bad about them yet, so let's. Oh, I mean, it was Britain, so I mean, there's a lot no, of that yeah, stuff. All right, you're right. Can't trust them. It's probably all bullshit. Okay, what about Noah? Can we uh, can can we trust Noah? I have no idea. I've never heard of that. Well, he built an ark. Well, I, I, <laughs> you mean does Noah have something to say about the Bermuda Triangle? What's it been up to these days? Actually, um, the uh, yeah, the southern uh, edge of the Bermuda Triangle is the Puerto Rican Trench. So yeah, actually, that makes a lot of fucking sense. They disappear because it's so fucking deep. <laughs> Uh, let's see. Environmental considerations could explain many, if not most, of the disappearances. The major, the majority of Atlantic tropical storms and hurricanes pass right through the Bermuda Triangle, and in the days prior to improved weather forecasting, these dangerous storms claim many ships. Also, the Gulf Stream can cause rapid, sometimes violent char- uh, changes in weather. Additionally, the large number of islands in the Caribbean uh, creates uh, many shallow areas of water that can be treacherous to ship navigation. There is also some evidence to suggest that the Bermuda Triangle is a place where magnetic co- uh, a magnetic compass sometimes points towards true north as opposed to magnetic north, hmm. which would get you very off course. What is true north? True north is the North Pole. Oh, okay. Magnetic north is where magnets point north. Mm-hmm. Because, um, so, and it can, it the magnetic north pole actually shifts over time. It's really like if you, if you look at the map, like it's like off to the side a little bit. It's kind of a fascinating thing. Aren't we coming on uh, a switch here? Well, yeah, that's something? the thing. Like the, the one of the worries they were coming up on, like a big switch where like it'll like it does a sudden flop switch between them. Yeah, the big. Movement. Well, and so, but we don't know actually, how fast it. So we don't know how fast it actually happens. Here's but. something that I learned when I was uh, looking at scuba diving compasses. Um, you have to have separate compasses for the northern hemisphere and the southern hemisphere uh, because southern hemisphere compasses. Uh, like use the magnetic uh, South Pole as like their their way to like point north, so it's basically opposite. Um, and then yeah, so it's, they're flipped. They have, they have flip polarity, hmm. and so you can get some um, some compasses, some modern compasses. They'll have like a little switch, so you can switch the polarity oh. of the thing. It's yeah. Yeah, if you're going to go sailing down there to see the Southern Cross, yeah, you gotta have the right compass. We saw the Southern Cross when we were in New Zealand. It was neat. 
And then I went to bed because it was after nine. (laughs) (laughs) Can confirm. Yeah. Fun. Yeah. Do we want to have another discussion topic or do we? What are we at right now? Were you going to go over an hour? Go to the Titanic? I would absolutely not uh, get in that little submersible. I'm like, I don't identify as claustrophobic, but. I don't think I do well in tight spaces with no escape. Yeah, she I just, like she's escape routes. Yeah, when you're actually there is no way out. Yeah, that makes yeah, sense. actually, yeah, I think part of it's like a tight, confined space with no way out. Matt, would you be okay getting on it with like a bunch of strong guys got on with you? See, <laughs> <laughs> that, that's what I mentioned to her. I was like, it depends on how many people are going to be there. Is it just going to be me and the 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 fucking pilot? How about only yeah, I, two Gordons got on board? What happens if a bunch of children got on it? I don't think I'd do it. But you and two Gordons. <laughs> Is, Gor- is one of the Gordons one of the, the drivers? But one of the Gordons doesn't do... No, no, we don't want Gordons drive. I know. So, so no, be, no. So it's you four people then and, and two people Gordon Two size. of them are Gordon size. Then you'd be at the five people situation. Where it's, I don't know. I don't know. And you need, no, no, you'd I gotta one, scope it out first. One of, the Gordons, <laughs> one of the Gordons would be the original Gordon who does paint, and the other one would do like lawn care. And then they would fight about fertilizer. Yeah, I'm definitely not going. And <laughs> <laughs> no, no, they're they're both Gordons that work that do paint. Both one paint works works. works for Bear, the other one still works for Sherwin Williams, and they just fight. <laughs> it's a paint fight. And then you have some poor schmuck who works at Home Depot who doesn't give a shit about paint but is in the paint department. <laughs> He's like, he I'm just, just making 13 bucks an hour, man. He you just know? like barely knows how to use the paint matching machine, like. <laughs> I just put the white one in and hit the button. <laughs> so you know that a bear paint would help us. And then they both turn the to it like bo- both Gordon and the bear guy turn to it like that's not how you do it. You're doing it wrong. <laughs> <laughs> and then he, Gordon smashes something and then it just collapses. Well, actually, I kind of wish Gordon was here because he could tell us what type of paint they could have used yep. on the submarine oh. to make it not implode. We do need I, I don't know if there's a paint that could help. How many layers? <laughs> it's like a late How many layers? Paint. How many layers would prevent the implosion? <laughs> oh god, I hope Gordon listens to this. <laughs> Find out next week how many layers of paint it would take. You know how like women get gel nails and gel nail polish is a lot more like hard than standard nail polish? I wonder Let's if there's yes. I wonder if there's something like that like like what is this like coating on your table. Uh, this is uh, resin. Okay, I wonder if there's like a resin-based paint that they could have used to prevent the implosion. I do know that there's resin-based paint. How many layers of resin-based paint? <laughs> I don't think How many gallons? How, how many, many gallons? How many gallons? <laughs> and can you run that through the Eau Claire store? <laughs> <laughs> you just have to fill the whole submersible up with it. <laughs> Also, like, I wonder if they had put cross beams in it, if that would have helped. <laughs> I don't think it twisted. I think it just, nah. Yeah, it prevented it from going, nah. Nah, uh, maybe. Hopefully mm. it was pretty quick. Oh, no, it was, oh, instant. It was instant. Like There was no consciousness. No. We were just, they were just having a conversation, eating a peanut butter sandwich, and wham. <laughs> That's oh it. man, I hope they had something better than a peanut butter sandwich for their last meal. They probably hadn't even eaten yet. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, I can't imagine dying hungry. Their, that their, sounds like the worst. Were they only an hour and a half on their what way down? What would be the worst food you could bring on the submersible? <laughs> what would be the worst food that you could just like cost A tuna people? fish sandwich. Well, you have peanut butter, salt, and, and crackers. Oh my god, that would sandwiches. smell so bad in there. You have or peanut like, butter, salt, and crackers, but nothing to drink. 
Nothing to drink. So you just have salting crackers and peanut butter. Or like pistachios or like sunflower seeds where you're just like slowly picking at things in your mouth uh, with like that noise, you know? Or uh, just like a bowl of popcorn, but like somebody gets like the little kernel stuck in the back of their throat. So they're just going... <laughs> Or the whole time. <laughs> or somebody brings a microwave with them and they microwave some fish. <laughs> you know, you know what's worse than fish? Cauliflower. Like cooked cauliflower that's been refrigerated and then rewarmed in a yeah, microwave. I'm not a fan of that I've smell. never microwaved cauliflower. Cooked uh, cauliflower in general it's just out straight of the Straight up farts. Smell. You could literally like crop dust someone at their desk and cauliflower would be worse. Durian would be pretty bad. Mm-hmm. Well, isn't that always bad always bad though? Like mm-hmm. But if you're in a confined space and there's realistic? nothing else. <laughs> they could all eat a bunch of beans and maybe they could add some oh, extra pressure. Extra pressure inside the sub. Oh, <laughs> that, that's probably what happened. They had Mexican the night before and they all got the toots and the internal pressure. Like it caused a structural failure. Oh, you think it would like I would have thought that the extra pressure would have helped. No, no, no. It was there. There was an internal thing. Mm-hmm. And uh, and honestly, it would have been fine, except the smell got too bad and they rolled down a window. No, I think what happens is the, the the gas released from the Mexican food was flammable, and there was a spark that just made it actually explode before oh. it imploded. Probably for the Logitech yeah, controller. It was, it was a boom, boom. Yep. Yeah, that makes sense. It was probably sense. the Logitech controller just uh, gave the spark. Hmm. I don't think the Logitech controller actually did anything. No, it, like, didn't, it didn't do it, much. They, they, they used it to raise and lower. It like, was literally two buttons. Do you guys see, like, uh, when they first built the sub, uh, they installed one of the p- props the wrong way? No, I missed so, that. Like, oh, yeah, so, like, the first time they had to use the sub, like, it it didn't work right. Because one of the props was the wrong direction, so it was going with the backwards. Was somebody in it? Oh, yeah, no, because somebody was piloting it. It was just poorly made. Just going in circles backwards. I'm assuming. I'm assuming it only had two props, but it might have had more props. Uh, so I do like that they couldn't afford the Xbox controller. Yeah, they just had a shitty Logitech one. Yeah, I thought the name was a joke for a long time because I didn't really realize Ocean that. Gate. Yeah. yeah, I thought it was like some sort of like there was something happening, but that was the nickname for it because it was Watergate, but it was yeah. Ocean Gate. <laughs> Ocean Gate <laughs> when Nixon went to the Titanic. <laughs> I was so confused at first. I was like, oh shit, they named the fucking thing. Ocean yeah, yeah. He, he went to Titanic and he yelled at it like he's not a crook. <laughs> so I'm really looking forward to the documentary they create on this. We're going to learn all they, about. Uh, there already is one. Yeah. What? Yeah, the BBC, I think, came out with one like. Uh, it was before they even found out that it imploded. They were they had a documentary finished. Oh really? So about, I, where, where do I find? Ready this? to go? But was it? Does they at least make it out that the guy was an idiot? The um, guy behind the cup, or were they trying to put him off? I don't a, know. I didn't watch it. I just yeah. saw that it was like already on. I do feel um, like they've done a good job of really making clear that he's. Yeah, it's called Titanic Sub Lost at Sea. Found uh, where, who is it streamed somewhere? Um, it came out, or so this article was written three days ago. Um, this is kind of like how, like, when the Queen died, they had it, all these documentaries ready to go. Yeah. Uh, it it uh, was released by Channel Five in uh, the UK uh, on the twenty second at seven p.m. Uh, GMT. Yeah, they probably had two endings to it: one that was a success filmed, and one that was not a success. No, I mean they went to the Titanic twice. Oh, the thing did. Yeah. The third time, not um, so much. Titanic, uh, Titanic sub lost its sea will explore the missing titan- uh, Titan sub, uh, which first lost contact on Sunday, about two hours into a tourist dive off the North Atlantic to explore the Titanic wreck. Five people are aboard the vessel, and they weren't anymore, uh, which is operated by the company Ocean Gate Expeditions. 
Uh, Ian uh, Rumsey, uh, ITN's managing director of content, said in a statement uh, that the doc will chart everything from the expedition itself to the rise of extreme tourism to the rescue attempts. But above all, it will tell a very human story that has captured the nation, which is about five people, all with families who are trapped at the bottom of the ocean. No, I mean, they, they, they weren't, weren't trapped yeah. at the bottom of they the died. ocean. They died. They died very quickly. They were missed at the bottom of the One ocean. One moment, they're fine. Next moment, Chunky Salsa. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it, it wasn't even like, named It's, just, it's like salsa. paste picante. It's not even spicy. It's just like everything, though. There's, there's obituaries written for every single celebrity that's old right now. It's Kirkland's yeah. Chunky Salsa. Sorry. No, yeah, yeah. no, it's just like the fact that they were able to pump this out in, what, three days, four days? Yeah. Kind of like so they probably had something already like in the works being made, yeah, and with two different endings, and then whatever actual, update. or they had something partially completed, and it's like, oh, yep. well, we got an ending now, yeah, because they were really raving about that. This is gonna be boring, but now this is a rush lady. job. Who was the billionaire lady? They were when I was driving home from Bonnaroo, they were ta- giving like an obituary, not an obituary, but talking about who the lady was on there, the billionaire. I don't think there was a lady on there. Well, then the man, I don't fucking there's know. A, well, there's a guy in that brought his son. I guess I don't really know how he identified it. There was a CEO that brought his son on board. <laughs> well, either way, yeah, the, the BBC was talking all about those ones, so yeah. okay, yeah, there was like a French dude. There was a not French dude. There were some other dudes. Whoever the British ones were. There's a bunch of dudes. Apparently, women are smart enough to stay the fuck off that. <laughs> no, no. Like the, I think the well, the previous run, like like a lady, like uh, had, who and her trip was delayed multiple times. But she had saved up. For, you know, this is a very expensive trip. But she had like always wanted to go down to Titanic. So like she saved up a lot of money for that. And then she was on like I think the second trip. So. Yeah, because this was what five. The fifth trip. This is the third, I believe. Third, okay. Well, better the second than the third, apparently. Yeah. All right. Well, should we get the fuck out of here? Yeah. Might as well. All right, guys. If you have any questions, comments, show ideas, or to have a good interest in email at feedback at blindnewsstudios.com. You can find us on Facebook, facebook.com slash blindnewsstudios. You can follow us on Instagram at blindnewsstudios. And I'll see you guys next week.